Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Dr. J. McKenzie, with the Master Key. Well, uh, it's one hour past noon, and we pray that um, um, if you had lunch already, that it was great, awesome. If not, if you're eating lunch with me, I really appreciate you coming and joining me today uh, on the Master Key. Uh, Wednesday is always set aside uh, to share in the areas of uh, relationships. Uh, you probably heard me say this many times that relationship is the premium of life. Uh, God, uh, excuse me, he values relationship more than anything. I think, uh, not so much think, I know without a doubt, that the enemy understands this as well. Because the biblical or earthly relationship is supposed to be a reflection a biblical reflection of the relationships that uh, God created in heaven. But I was supposed to be more intimate because the angels was not created in the image and the likeness of God, uh, but we were. So from day one, uh, we see in Genesis chapter 3, there was an assault uh, on uh, um, the relationships or the order of relationship that God had created and established. The enemy's ultimate goal was to get back at God by getting uh, at his creation or to try to dethrone his creation or to cause his creation uh, to move outside of the order and the structure that God had created it for the experience or level and measure of success. And success had nothing to do with uh, nothing but accomplishing the will of God. it's so amazing to see how the enemy can manipulate us against who we are, uh, to deceive us concerning who we already are, to manipulate us concerning what we already own. Uh, he's a master uh, at this. One of the things that's been ringing in my, I was uh, doing devotion this morning, and uh, uh, in the devotion, uh, it was talking about uh, uh, Judas and the devotion. And so that kind of hit me. I, I kind of started meditating on that. And I want to talk about something I think that is prevalent in uh, every human being, every Christian, every human being on the face of the earth had the propensity uh, to do it, to experience it. I probably have already experienced it. I uh, have been a a victim of it, or been a perpetrator of it. And that is the word betrayal. Let's talk about that, if you will, uh, because if you think about it, uh, this we can talk about Judas all we want to, but because you and I live in these Adamic na- uh, bodies, ladies and gentlemen, we're not uh, exempt from it. And most likely you probably have done it or been a victim of it. And uh, and probably some everybody's been a victim of it, but that ain't the point. The point is, 
let's see, can we understand this thing? Uh, I have not done a study on it, um, uh, but through my devotion this morning, this came up today. Uh, It came up in the the devotion. It was dealing with about relationship, and uh, Judas came up. And uh, I thought it was fascinating, too, uh, in the devotion, uh, what it was dealing with. The way the devotion brought it out, uh, the reason Jesus, not Jesus, Judas betrayed Jesus, because Jesus wasn't enough. He wasn't satisfied with Jesus. He wasn't content with Jesus. And usually when there was betrayal, when you look at Judas, probably, you know that scripture in the book of, uh, I think Proverbs says, uh, hope that is deferred making the heart sick. It's a possibility because all of them had their own motive for entering relation with Jesus because all of them thought that uh, Jesus came to overthrow the Roman Empire and to uh, uh, establish the kingdom of God, which they were looking at it from a political perspective and not from a spiritual perspective. And so when we begin to see this, uh, and maybe things wasn't going the way Judas thought it w- was going to go. Because remember in the word of the Lord, uh, when Jesus was talking about, uh, I think it's Mark chapter 10, with the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? He told him about the commandments. He said, I've done all of these for my youth up. He said, well, you like it one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and then come follow me. And the Bible said he left him very sorrowful because he had great wealth. Now, uh, once again, here it is, another situation. He had in his mind one thing, the rich young ruler. He thought he qualified. When Jesus told him to give up something to follow him, he became despondent. And he he left. I mean, uh, 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 he didn't want to give up his riches. So therefore, he wanted to follow Jesus holding on to. Or Judas wanted to follow Jesus to gain something. Jesus, not Jesus, Judas carried the money bag. This young man had money. Excuse me one minute, let me get a, a sip of, to drink here. Thank you. So Judas was pursuing earthly possession, uh, but he didn't get what he thought he was going to get. So he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. This young man, he had the silver. He had gold. He had riches. But Jesus said, go sell and give it to the poor and follow me. Both persons was despondent. And if you think about it, both persons experienced a level of measure of betrayal. Now, the young man didn't betray Jesus, but he betrayed himself. He betrayed himself. He was willing to allow 
he was willing to allow himself to die and go to hell and hold on to riches. And when we begin to understand the power of losing, what we brought out on last night's uh, blog talk radio, the power of losing, if he would have gave it up, was willing to give it up, I guarantee you, most likely he would have been a disciple that God would have caused him to experience restoration so he can uh, uh, be an instrument or tool of uh, financing the kingdom. Because you only can have dominion over things when you're really willing to give up a thing. And so, therefore, when we look at Judas, uh, uh, when he betrayed Jesus, he carried the money back. Here it is, two individuals in dealing with finances. It didn't have to go beyond finance, ladies and gentlemen. Betrayal had nothing to do really with money. It really don't. I believe that betrayal have everything to do. It's a word that I've been kicking around lately, uh, uh, Kathy and I. And uh, this came from... Um, uh, one of our spiritual daughters, uh, the word uh, entitlement. Uh, and I think this probably hit it home more than anything. See, when you're rich, you feel like you're entitled to anything in it because your money can buy whatever you want to buy. So since Judas was a disciple of Jesus, he probably felt special. He's part of the twelve. All these other people following Jesus, and uh, all these people blessing Jesus, he he was a treasurer. And so he probably felt special, but didn't value the position that God put him in. And when he began to see things wasn't going to turn the way he thought it was going to be, and he saw... The, probably the persecution that Jesus was going through. Jesus didn't defend himself. How in the world is this man going to overthrow a kingdom? But he saw the miracles. He was a part of the miracles. He was, he was a part of the authority. He experienced the authority. He experienced the power. Demons was cast out. Hands was laid on. People got healed through Judas. It is something about, ladies and gentlemen, and I believe God want me to extend this to look further into this, investigate this word entitlement. Now, the English definition of the word entitlement, a right to benefits specified especially by law or contract belief. Another definition of the word entitlement, that one is deserving of or entitled to a certain privilege. I am deserving of it. I am entitled to the privileges of whatever, of this relationship. So Judas felt like he was deserving of it, the money. He was entitled to uh, certain privileges by being one of the 12. And it's amazing. Same thing with Cain. Talked about Cain last night. 
he didn't want to bring God what God asked for, the best. He probably felt like, I'm entitled to the best. You didn't work for this. I'm the one who worked for this. So I'm entitled. So he thought that he himself was deserving of the best, not God. I'm the one that plowed the ground. I'm the one that sowed seed. I'm the one that watered. Now, how it was back then, we don't know because we know things changed. But the most important thing, he the one that was assigned to till the land. And what he brought from what he got from the land, he was to bring God the best to show God that I know it's because of you that this has happened. But where do we get this entitlement attitude mentality uh, from, ladies and gentlemen? We, we really got to, uh, I believe, every husband uh, have operated from this spirit of entitlement. Every wife have operated from this spirit of entitlement. Children, most likely, because of the parents is selfish, because entitlement is nothing but self, uh, selfishness. It's nothing but self-righteousness. It's nothing but self-centeredness. That's all entitlement is, because you, you are not entitled to nothing. You don't own anything, but we don't operate that way. And it sets us up for a fall. It says for fault. Because anytime a man feel entitled and he don't get what he's entitled, he feel like he's entitled to. If did God is not a reality to him, Christ is not a reality to him, the the biblical pattern or or um well, I could say biblical pattern, that God has established for a relationship, understanding that if I don't own nothing, then what makes me think I'm entitled to something? You only feel entitled to something when you believe it's yours. You own it. And right there, you just failed. You just failed. You just missed God. Now you're really going to sin against God because you feel like that you are entitled. And think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Who on the face of this earth, is entitled to anything. Absolutely no one. Absolutely no one is entitled to absolutely nothing but death, hell, and the grave. That's what we're entitled to. So when a man feels like he's entitled and he don't get what he thinks he's entitled to, and what do a married man feel like he's entitled to? What the Bible says. The Bible says that a woman should honor her husband. She should respect her husband. So therefore, if he's not getting that, which he feel like he's entitled to, why do the man feel like he's entitled to respect? Why do the man feel like he's entitled to be honored? What would be the answer? The Bible says it. But if what you're entitled to according to the word of God, if it's you are not receiving what you believe you are entitled to by the word of God, then how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? 
So if you do not receive what you're entitled to, do you go and try to receive what you're entitled to through other means, another woman, or gambling, alcohol? That's what how you usually what happens. We turn to something else. You, you, you turn to something else to, 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 to receive satisfaction from what you believe you're entitled to. So men turn to women, alcohol, drugs, uh, uh, pornography, and not only men, women too. But I'm trying to show you the manipulation of selfishness. That's all it is, selfishness. Self-centeredness. Self-righteousness, self-reliance, self-importance. I'm entitled. So you 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 saying that you were somebody and you deserve this, which let all of us see and realize that really salvation is not a reality. Salvation is not a reality. We've been bought with a price. So we can't do what we want to do, what the word of the Lord say. So we feel like we're entitled. So the enemy perpetrates that. He perpetrates your belief of entitlement. He perpetrates it. First of all, he have established a lie. You have bit into the lie, made you feel like you're important, made you feel like you deserve something, because most likely you feel like you deserve an entitled. Now, this is what happened. Either by way of doing something or being connected to something. You may feel like you're entitled because, like, um, Cain, he worked hard from his perspective. And so since he worked, he felt he was entitled to the best. He was entitled to the best. By way of connection is like Judas was connected to Jesus, like a man and woman is connected in marriage. So since I'm married, I'm entitled. I'm entitled to this. 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 So since a man is married a woman, he feels like he's entitled to certain things. Since a woman married a man, she feels like she's entitled to certain things. And I know without a doubt that this is God because we will not be able to go further in our relationship with God if we don't uh, discover the enemies of relationships. And you want to know something? And when you feel like you're entitled, just like Judas, Jesus is not enough. Because when you feel like you're entitled, you trust me, you are going to violate your relationship. You're going to violate it. So how are you going to, you're going to betray it? You're going to betray your relationship? So if you feel entitled, if the man supposed to get respect, according to the word of God, and the woman should get love, according to the word of God, so if a woman don't feel like her husband is loving her, and then once again, what is respect and what is love? See, it's amazing. You can be saved 50 years and still have a distorted mentality concerning love. 
And I know we, 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 even though, listen, listen, we teach this stuff, we've been teaching this stuff for years. And I got people that's been around me for years hearing me teaching this stuff, but when it get to crunch time, why they hear the word of God broken down concerning what love is. I've been saying it for years, giving the biblical definition of love. Love have absolutely nothing to do with our emotional, our feelings. Love is an act of the will. Just experienced a situation recently, and uh, 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 was uh, counseling someone, and they was sharing me. They were frustrated with their spouse, and um, I was listening to them, and it was going on and on. But they've been married uh, for a uh, uh, length of time, a certain time. They said it was married, and, and by now, my spouse, my spouse should know me by now. My spouse should know how to do some things for me by now. Uh, uh, my spouse has been around me and seen how I've done things, and by now they should be. They went on and on and on. I was quiet. I was listening. So I asked the question, what is love? They say, well, you know, it's that that strong feeling that you have um, uh, 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 towards somebody, blah, 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 and some other things. I said, there, there lies the problem. I said, what? I said, there's li- there lies the problem. I said, the reason you're frustrated is because you have a distorted definition of the word love. I said, listen, everything you said, every single thing you said was selfish. Everything you said was selfish. You were so, only thing you said, what you wouldn't get, 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 you wouldn't get. So in other words, think about it. What the person was saying to me, that they felt like they was entitled and they wasn't receiving the benefits. Because now this should happen. By now this should happen. Love is sacrificial. Love is sacrificial. It is sacrificing what you want for the benefit of somebody else for them to be able to receive what God has ordained upon and anointed them to have. It's not about stuff and things. We have an obligation, responsibility to God. I'm married, been married 26 years. What's my responsibility, obligation to give Kathy stuff and things? No. I've given her stuff and things, and that probably hurt her more than helped her. What is my responsibility? My responsibility is to help her be the woman of God that God has ordained appointed on to be, but you can't help if you don't have the person. See, when a person feels like they're entitled, they have already been deceived because and that's how the enemy comes in. And think about how the devil tricked Eve. Same thing, entitlement. God knows that he don't want you to be like him, so he don't want you to partake of this fruit because he knows you partake of this fruit, you're going to be just like him, knowing good and evil. What did he do? He, he, he in, introduced a sense of entitlement. And so she betrayed God by betraying her husband and partook of the forbidden fruit. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Never thought that way before. Treachery, betrayal will always manipulate you or will always manifest in touching what is forbidden. Going after what is forbidden. Would a man, if it's a woman, forbidden woman. For man, if it's forbidden, drugs is forbidden. Alcohol is forbidden. Anything that's going to cause you to violate the assigned relationship, anything's going to cause you not to be loyal. That's why I say you cannot love two masters. And if you notice what the scripture says, you cannot have love two masters. You hate the one and love the other one. You cannot love God and money. It didn't say God and your spouse. It didn't say God and your children. It didn't say God because the Bible said money is the answer to all things. The answer to all things. So I believe you use money as a pattern. It doesn't necessarily have to be money, but money is something that people see that is valuable to them. So let's look at it from that perspective, not just money, but anything that you feel like is valuable to you or anything that you think that you deserve. I believe the reason you use money is because when you work, you expect a wage. So let's look at money from that perspective. You work, you deserve a wage. So if I work, then I'm entitled to a wage. Those that work, they're looking for a wage at the end of the week. You're looking for something. I'm entitled to something. And so, therefore, if you don't get what you're entitled to, what are you going to do? So what are you going to do? You're most likely going to betray somebody because you feel like you what you entitled to has been withheld from you. And you deserve it. You deserve what you're entitled to. Let's look at, if you will, uh, a few scriptures. The word, did I give you the word, definition of the word betrayal? Let me, let me give you the definition of the word betray. Betrayal, betrayal. The word betray means to lead astray. It means to seduce, to lead astray. The word betray means to deliver to an enemy by treachery. To deliver, excuse me, to an enemy by treachery. Any time uh, uh, betrayal takes place, most like treachery takes place. I was getting ready to uh, give it, uh, look at the definition of the word treachery. Uh, this just came to me, you know, not too long ago, so I was putting this together right before the uh, Block Talk Radio, the program. Uh, but let's move on, if you will. It means to deliver to an enemy by treachery. Any time... You and I feel entitled. I believe that I deserve this, 
and I violate the relationship by going after what I deserve, do you not know what just happened? I just delivered my relationship into the hand of the enemy. That's what I did. Watch this here. Another official word, betray. To fail or desert, especially in time of need, especially in time of need, to fail or to desert. There's someone I know that um, uh, uh, experienced this a lot. And uh, there's a preacher friend of mine. Uh, he shared this with me before. Uh, that every single time that God is in the midst of advancing him and his family or the ministry, his wife will always, the devil will, she'll always yield to the seduction, that's what it is, the seduction of the enemy. And she desert the relationship in the time of need by yielding to the enemy. She's she, every single time. So you see, but we, but we can't see the plot. And, and it happens so much and, and fall into it every time, every time. And it's called setbacks, setbacks, setbacks. And um, um, it's amazing. Listen to this, if you will. Another definition. To reveal, no, that's not the one I'm looking for here. Here it is. It's over here. To disclose in violation of confidence. To disclose in violation of confidence. Betray a secret. Betrayal. Here's another one from another dictionary. I thought it was very interesting. To me, it goes more in depth, uh, a little bit more than the one we just read. Betrayal or backstabbing. That's what the dictionary, uh, uh, in this book of dictionary, it has betrayal and backstabbing. Is the breaking or violation of a presumptive contract, trust, or confidence that produces moral and psychological conflict within a relationship amongst individuals, between organizations, or between individuals and organizations. Let me read that again. Got some more here, but that, that, I thought this was vital. Because you think about it, when Judas betrayed Jesus, wasn't that not a moral and a psychological conflict that was going on that manifest in his betrayal? There had to be tremendous warfare in his mind that he deserved more than what he was getting. He probably felt that Jesus um, valued Peter, James, and John more than him. And he probably felt like Jesus should have been taking him to the Mount of Transfiguration. He probably felt like Jesus should have been putting him aside when he went to Jairus' daughter's house and kicked everybody out. Why you didn't choose me? 
you, he, he being partial, he's supposed to be a man of God. So all of this psychological conflict that's going on that produced a, a form of immorality in his relationship with Jesus. That's all betrayed is, is this form of immorality. We, 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 we betrayed uh, trust. Are, are you seeing this here? Once again, betrayal and backstabbing is the breaking of violation of a presumptive contract, trust, or confidence that produces moral and psychological conflict within a relationship amongst individuals, between organizations, or between individuals and organizations. And ladies and gentlemen, do not be deceived. Every last one of us have the potential of betrayal and probably have experienced it in some kind of way as a victim or as was a perpetrator. But the purpose of God sharing this, we got to discover why. And I'm going back to selfish. Going back not being satisfied with God. You are not satisfied with Christ. You say, well, why would God give me someone like that? Then tell me what married couple probably haven't said that one time or another. And how many divorces that we're seeing? We're probably going to see some more. We're going to see some more. Notice the next definition, if you will. Often betrayal is the act of supporting. Oh, this is good. This is good. This is this. Often betrayal is the act of supporting a rival group. Supporting what? A rival group. Now notice now, Jesus says, you cannot love God and mammon. Oh, that means they must be rivals. You're going to love the one hate the other one. You cannot love God and mammon. You cannot love God and mammon. You cannot love God and mammon. You love the one, hate the other. So that means that mammon must be a rival to God. Alcohol must be a rival to your marriage, your family. Gambling must be a rival to your marriage. Fornication or adultery must be a rival to your marriage. Are you seeing this? Drug addiction is a rival. Pornography is a rival. These things are rivals to God. Forget about your marriage to God. God is the one that has established marriage. So it ain't about your spouse. It's about God. We choose, we betray, we think we betray in our spouse. We really betray in God by falling in love with a rival. Being more dedicated, committed to arrival. It's a good definition, isn't it? Often betrayal is the act of supporting a rival group. Supporting them, aiding them, assisting them against who you're supposed to be loyal and dedicated and committed to. Let's continue that definition, if we will. 
often betray is the act of supporting a rival group or it is a complete break from previously decided upon or presumed norms by one party from the others. Complete break from previously decided upon or presumed norms by one party from the others. Okay. Now, let's break this down and make this plain. So, when you got married, what are some of the things that you all agreed upon in the marriage? What do you all agree upon concerning employment? What do you all agree upon concerning the children's school? What do you all agree upon concerning bills? Who's going to pay this and who's going to pay this? What did you agree upon? Because notice what it says. It is a complete break from previously decided upon or presumed norms by one party from the other. Excuse me, the break from it. But what caused you to break? Somewhere, somebody, one of the parties felt entitled to, even though we agreed upon this, but they feel like they're being cheated. That's the only way that you can feel entitled to something. You feel like you're being cheated. I feel that I deserve this. I know we agreed upon this, but I feel like I deserve. But instead of you going and communicating and talking about it, you go ahead and betray the relationship just to get what you want. I'll give an example. I got a young man that uh uh uh, go to our church, he works for a company that feeds the hungry. And he shared with me recently, if it wasn't, I think, the latter part of uh, last year or the beginning of this year. Uh, he went to, he felt like he deserved a raise. Instead of him betraying his company, his boss, he went and sat down because he felt like he deserved a raise. They talked dialogue. To make a long story short, they gave the man a raise. They dialogue. And if and if the boss said, I don't sense that, not at this time, whatever the case may be, knowing that kind of man, he probably would have been disappointed, but he would have continued to execute his assignment with excellence and with the right attitude. Because I know him. I know where he's been, and I've seen tremendous growth in him. And he, he, he values my counsel. He shared that with me many times. And so so instead of betraying his company, because he felt, he, he felt uh, entitled to a raise. So most likely what he felt, his boss felt too. Because when he went, the raise took place. The increase took place, ladies and gentlemen. He didn't betray he didn't betray. Let's uh, go and think that's another part of this definition. Are you getting something today? This has been getting to me to meditate. I used to always focus on myself before I focus on uh, uh, anything. When God is uh, giving me something, I try to look at my own life. And have I ever felt entitled 
in my marriage? Yes, I have. Have I ever felt entitled as a father? Yes, I have. And have I ever uh, uh, missed it as a father? Yep, missed it as a husband. Yep. How did I miss it? Because I felt entitled and I didn't get what I did, especially with, uh, with my girls. I might deal with them a certain way, and I don't deal with them properly because I felt entitled. Why did I feel entitled? Because I, uh, uh, God has graced me to provide a quantity of life for them that I had never, ever experienced, and a lot of people would never experience. And when it showed me that they're ungrateful and thankful, it bothers me. But should I let it bother me? No. I should deal with it, but not allow it to affect me. Because once it becomes a reality, more of a reality than me, it's becoming more. It's not, uh, I'm not walking in the fullness, but I'm getting there. That it was the grace of God that provided, even I shared it with them. But what I end up doing, taking God's place, feeling for God. I can't feel for God. If it was grace that provided, uh, uh, provided for this family, God uh, uh, grace through me, then I can't boast. It's faith, grace, God did it through me for God to get the glory. But I do have a responsibility to make sure that this family recognize that and give God glory for it by taking care of what God has provided. So I should not get angry to the point I get out of character, and that has happened with me. I had to repent before God, and there's times I got angry and did not repent because it was God. No correction feel good for the moment, but after we yield the peace before the righteousness. And you got to know when, when, um, when God's telling you to repent and apologize, you got to know <laughs> it ain't God. I mean, it ain't you. It's God. Regardless of anybody that believes it or receive it, it doesn't matter. The most important thing you know, if you really are the authority and you have a heart bent towards pleasing God. Are you getting this? Let's, let's continue to break this, um, this definition down. I've got another part to it. Someone who betrays others is commonly called a traitor, a betrayer. Read it again. Someone who betrays others is commonly called a traitor. A betrayal. Betrayal is also a common use, literary, literary element, and is often associated with or used as a plot twist. A plot twist. So there is no betrayal that takes place without the plot taking place in your mind first. And that's what bothers me from time to time when I may address people with a case. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Listen. Now, if I just shared this with somebody recently, I said, listen. This is just amazing to me. It's amazing. I have sinned. I see if I never sinned before. I have sinned. I know how it worked. Nobody just sinned. Ladies and gentlemen, this thing is in your mind, and it's in your mind. You're going over this thing and going over this thing in your mind, going over this thing in your mind, and the devil's showing you why he's talking to you in the mind. You're showing you just what you deserve and how bad somebody's done you wrong, how they treated you, and you entitled to this. He don't say all this word. He know how to deal with all of us because he know where all of us is located, and he know where all of us come from. 
So you don't just go out and say, this thing you've been playing over your mind and mind and mind, and you just yield to the thoughts and you act it out. Lust, when it's conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is mature or come to a place of completion, it brings forth death. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a process. It's a process. And you've probably been pondering on it for days, uh, pondering on it for minutes, uh, pondering and wondering it uh, for uh, uh, hours, whatever the case may be. That's the way it works. It ain't no boom. Oh, how did I sin? No, you don't thought that thing out. It's a plot twist to manipulate, to deceive, to betray. So you try to hide it. Betrayal. The treacherous exposing or deceiving of people by those they formerly trust. It's another definition. Betrayal. The treacherous exposing or deceiving of people by those they formerly trusted. Hmm. Wow. It is usually associated with an enemy masquerading as a friend. And you know the sad thing about it? If you if you sat down with someone that you care and shared these things with them, they would deny. And that shows me they don't want help. And when you got all the you got scripture, you got definitions. How is what's wrong with us? We make that everything that's for everybody, but it ain't for me. You can never help a person like that. Nothing. You can't. It's, 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 you can't. You can't do nothing. It's amazing, and that's deception to the utmost. Notice what it says. It is usually associated with an enemy masquerading as a friend, or with a broken or abused relationship, or a broken or abused relationship. Betrayal was suffered by Jesus Christ and can be expected by his followers. And this is, got this one out of the Bible here, this book of definition. Let's look at some scriptures. Got a little time. We're going to read some scriptures. Psalms 41.9, even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Judges, chapter 16, verse 18. When Deliah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up at once, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in her hand. Here's money again. Isn't it amazing how money in the Bible is associated with betrayal? Wow. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 17. 
And that's why those of you that is uh, uh, single and you desire to get married, this is an excellent uh, uh, word today for you to evaluate the person that you may be engaged to or you uh, 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 desire to marry one day. Are they a lover of money? Or is they challenged with managing money? All of those are indicators that it's a possibility you may experience betrayal. You better watch that. Are they vain? They care more about themselves. They will they will allow watch them. They will allow their lights to go out just to buy some clothes. They keep the external looking. That's what betrayal. Betrayal always masquerade. It looks one way on the outside, but it's treacherous on the inside. And very few people can see it and discern it because it is a master uh, manipulator, disguiser. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 17 says, Then Samuel said to David, Here is my older daughter, Marib. I will give her to you as a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, let my hand not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. You see that? Sounded nice. Sounded good. Here's my daughter. Just, just, just fight the battle of the Lord. Other words, I know the Philistines are going to kill him. So instead of me doing it, let me put him in situations for the Philistines to kill him. Are y'all getting this? This is his father-in-law. But because David's faith was in God, God sustained him and kept him. The very man that tried to put him in a situation to die, he died before David did. And your enemies will die before you will. Psalms 55, verse 12 through 14 says this here. For it is not an enemy who reproached me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. That's used to where it happened. Not all the time, but used to where it happened. Betrayal used to come from the ones that you, you've given the most, you dedicated the most, you sacrificed the most. That's used to where it works. But many times God allowed it to happen to build you, to strengthen you, to see if your faith is going to be in him or someone else. Let's look at something here. Uh, 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 in Matthew 27 concerning Judas. Let's look at, look at this right here. And this will let you know something as well, ladies and gentlemen. This, this is a principle. This, this is, I bring the principle after, after I read it. Matthew 27, verse 3 and 5 says, Then Judas, 
his betrayal, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. Wow. Now, this should show you something. Because he betrayed innocent blood. His eyes was open. That re reveals a state, ladies and gentlemen, of repentance. He didn't say, I repent. He acted repentance out. And you cannot act repentance out until truth has been imparted to you. Nobody counseled him. Nobody gave, he didn't go to a church and got a sermon. He, what he thought he was entitled to was the very thing that now has condemned him. Look at this right here. So he brought back the 30 pieces of silver. Have you brought back? Have you come back? Have you come back to the enemy and told the enemy, I betrayed? Are you still in partnership with him? Brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temper and departed and went and hanged himself. The very thing that he longed for and got him in trouble, he threw it down and had no more part with it. That's when you know you have genuinely and truly repented. Because you, st you still value it? You haven't repented. Still long for it? You haven't repented. Because if you're longing for it, that means God ain't there. Conviction have not entered in. Still there. I thought this was very interesting. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Betrayed him with a kiss. Have you betrayed your friend with a kiss? See, no, I never betrayed him with a kiss. Well, maybe you betrayed him with a movie. Betrayed him with a dinner. Betrayed him with a breakfast. Betrayed him with a lunch. The lunch was to cover up. The lunch was to betray. The lunch was to make it look like one thing to hide another thing. What about... Husband and wife, have you betrayed with sex to try to cover up, hide, to manipulate to so that the person cannot figure out, find out? See, that's why the Bible calls betrayal treacherous. Treacherous. It's like the devil himself, ladies and gentlemen. Lucifer betrayed Jesus. Notice this, if you will. 2 Samuel chapter 20, verse 9 through 10. Then Joab said to Amasa, Are you in health, my brother? And Joab took Amasa by the beard 
with his right hand to kiss him. But Amasa did not notice the sword that was in Joab's hand. And he struck him with it in the stomach. And his intestines poured out on the ground. And he did not strike him again. Thus he died. Then Joab and Abishai, his brother, pursued Sheba, the son of Bichri. So what Judas did, we see it happen here in the, in the Old Testament. Started out calling the man, asking me, are you in health, my brother? Are you in health? So his guard's going to be let down. And he struck him. Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kiss of an enemy are deceitful. The kiss of an enemy is treacherous, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. If a person was a friend, they would never tell you the truth. But because they're a friend, that's why they tell you the truth. And it hurts. It only hurt the flesh. Spirit can't get hurt. Are you getting this? Treachery, ladies and gentlemen, comes as a result of betrayal. And you can't separate them. Treachery and betrayal, basically, <clears throat> is synonymous to one another. But that entitlement thing, probably the greatest enemy, ladies and gentlemen, because that's where that selfishness come in at, that self-centeredness come in at. Excuse me. That self-righteousness come in at. All of those things come in. It's amazing how deadly this thing can be. That is why, excuse me, excuse me today, all this belts in here. Uh, treachery is, 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 is it's synonymous because the definition of the word treachery is to act or instance a willful betrayal. Willful betrayal. You make a decision to betray because you want to be compensated. Uh, you feel like you're entitled. Could you not give up and trust God to give you what you need? God spoke to me years ago. And he said, you are to never to get an argument over money. And I can't count from that time to now when I have. I have, most like I'm sure I repented of it. But I trust God. Uh, people have seen people uh, steal from me, take from me. And people have seen me not defend myself. But they see how God compensates. But it don't benefit them. It don't help them. Don't 
all of us understand that God's going to hold us responsible for the relationships that he brings us into to help us, ladies and gentlemen. This is a time. Now, the reason I'm bringing all of this out because uh, I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at um, uh, how long I've been married, uh, looking at how long, uh, you know, been a father and been a preacher. Where do I line up in this? Entitlement. The times that I sinned against Kathy, I guarantee you can trace it back that I felt like I was entitled. I shared some things with her in the past uh, concerning uh, uh, one time I, uh, I I discovered I was angry with God. I had no clue I was. Only reason I can be angry with God because I felt entitled to something that I didn't get. Or you could feel you could feel like you got something less valuable, less important, like Judas. He probably felt like he should have been one of the three and not been grateful and thankful that he was one of the twelve. That entitlement thing, ladies and gentlemen, will destroy everything. Examine yourself this today. Well, I'm over my time. This has been your host. I want to thank you for joining with me on your lunch break, those of you that's on your lunch break and those of you that's uh, maybe at home. And uh, let's pray for one another. These are some deadly manipulative forces and dispositions. Ladies and gentlemen, let's pray for one another. Let's battle for one another. Let's ask, uh, uh, pray that God will help us to come to the end of ourselves. And it have to do with Satan or demons. It's us. Entitlement is self, selfishness. And I'd be willing to lay it all down for the will of God. We love you. Thank God for you. I pray. Once again, we do solicit your prayers. Pray for us. We look forward to being with you on Saturday. Tell your family and friends to come join us uh, for a time of prayer, intercession, and warfare on this Saturday. This is, oh, yeah, not only that, we have a, a guest speaker tonight. Uh, those of you that is uh, in South Florida area, uh, uh, a gentleman that um, was in the Florida area, and uh, and he came over yesterday for me to counsel one of his uh, young men. And since he's in the area, we're going to allow him to minister our Bible study tonight. We're going to be having um, uh, Pastor Howard Brigham from uh, Long Island, New York. He's going to be with us tonight. So tell your family and friends about it. Uh, call somebody up. Uh, invite at least five people out. And I really going to be a, uh, really believe it will be a blessing. He was a tremendous uh, blessing uh, in the month of um, November when we had him with Prophet Senegal. It was a powerful move of God. Great signs, wonders, and miracles. We're still in the season of the supernatural. So invite five friends, ten friends, get everybody out to receive uh, from this anointing tonight. God bless you. This has been your host, Dr. Jimmy Kinsley with the Master Key. Talk with you soon.